Good morning, everyone. Um, we are so blessed to have you here this morning. And I uh, just wanted to use this time to share with you the things that the Lord has been speaking to me this week again. And thought I would take about 15 minutes or so to share with you. Um, but before I do that, I uh, for those of you who are not from our local community or local church, uh, we have decided that we are going to host an outdoor concert uh, with live music. Our praise team will be singing there and I'll be sharing a short uh, word. And also Brother Walter Willis from uh, Windsor Christian Fellowship will be also uh, sharing praise uh, time with uh, our praise team, and we're doing this as a community event, inviting the community in to um, to share the word with the community and also to use this time to uh, invite them in to get to know us. And uh, we have found a great open door in the community of Greeley here. And so we have uh, felt a burden and a call from the Lord to share the gospel of hope, of encouragement to the saints, and the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ to those who do not know him. So we're doing that this afternoon at four o'clock. It won't be live streamed uh, because we don't have the equipment to take out there and set that up. So that's why we're doing this short uh, clip here and we're not going to be on live stream uh, with the praise team like we have been in the past. Uh, and I, I pray that the Lord would bless you uh, this week, wherever you are, however your week has been that the Lord would bless you with his presence. That has been uh, deeply impressed on my heart, how much I need the Lord's abiding presence in my life daily, uh, in the night seasons, throughout the day as I work and relate to others. This is our greatest need, dear brothers and sisters. So I want to share with you a word that the Lord gave me out of Zechariah chapter 4. In Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6, Then he answered and said to me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And so the Lord was just convicting me and speaking strongly to me that, it is by the Holy Spirit's help that you and I are even able to live the Christian life, the life that he has called us to live as Christ lived when he was here on the earth and to live out his will in each of our individual lives. How do we do this? What is this? Um, how does the Spirit do this in our lives? That's the big question for many people. Uh, we as Christians or anyone who's read the Bible um, knows this truth. The Christian life is not designed to live by our own will or by our own strength. We need help from above. So what does that look like? 
I'd like to take you to the words of Jesus in John. In John chapter 14, verse 16, Jesus here is having his last discourse or teaching to the disciples. In John chapter 13, you read how that um, they, Jesus had the last supper. He washed their feet. He, he spoke to them about his death. And now he's continuing this conversation before he goes out into the garden and then on to the cross and into the grave and resurrected. So in verse 16 of chapter 14 of John, Jesus says, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may be with you forever. This, that is, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not behold him or know him. But you know him because he abides in you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. So I want you to notice, first of all, the Holy Spirit is the presence of Jesus. Jesus, in speaking of the Spirit, saying, I will give you another helper, in verse 18 says, I will not leave you. I will come to you in the form of the Holy Spirit. This is Jesus, his very presence. The Holy Spirit conveys his voice of truth and grace to us. And this word helper is in the Greek form is the word an advocate or a, it's as a, as a defense lawyer. It's also the word an intercessor with a judge. So notice the first thing that Jesus says that the Holy Spirit becomes to us, how, how he helps us. The other word is also a comforter. He comforts us. We live in a broken world. Many of our lives have broken relationships in them. Sometimes not all on our own fault. Sometimes it's simply, you know, due to circumstances or truth that God may lead us into that others don't understand, um, perhaps with our parents or with our siblings or with uh, other church people, other Christians. This happens uh, not only on a spiritual church level relationship, but also just we live in such a broken world. Our, our humanity is broken. We need comfort, and we need help to know how to walk with God, how to um, have this relationship with God that was broken through sin. Sin broke our relationship with our Father in heaven, and Jesus has come to repair that relationship, to restore it. And so now that he's gone back to the Father, he sends the Holy Spirit as a restorer of relationships to draw us back and reconcile us to God. Second Corinthians chapter four and chapter five tell us those things that we have been reconciled back to God through Jesus Christ. And so the first thing that Jesus notes to us of the Holy Spirit, that he's our helper and he's an abiding presence in verse 16. He may, I will give you uh, uh, another helper, comforter, that he may be with you forever. And he, he, he draws us into this uh, relationship 
so that we're never alone. Notice what he does. We are, we, many times when relationships are broken, we get what we could call the orphan syndrome. We become insecure when a child's parents, both parents die. Orphans are left alone. And so others need to step in and help them. And throughout history, many times, even their relatives wouldn't do that or couldn't do that. And so the government came up with programs to try to help these children. And so it is still today with our foster program. But the deep feeling in their hearts is that they're left alone and no one really cares for them with this parental care, a provider, a comforter, a um, those, those things which a supplier of their need, someone who instructs them and teaches them how to live in life so that um, they can be reconciled to God and be delivered from a life of sin and their own uh, bondages that sin brings of the flesh. And so Jesus addresses that need. And he says, the Holy Spirit will do this for you. That's the first thing that I see that Jesus addresses and says, the Holy Spirit is this kind of helper to us. He helps us by giving us this abiding near presence of Jesus. So we're not alone. Takes out the loneliness from us. Now there's no need for Christians, for those who receive the spirit into their lives to feel alone. Even if they're in prison physically for their faith or even for their mistakes, even if they're isolated from the world, we're not alone. Jesus has not left us as orphans, but he's given us the Holy Spirit. The second thing that Jesus said that the Holy Spirit will do is in verse 26. Verse 25, actually. These things I have spoken to you while abiding with you. But the Helper, a Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. He is a teacher, and he tells us that he will guide us into all truth. In the first John chapter 4, he tells us that you have no need that any man teach you because you have that abiding presence within you, and he will teach you all things. So the second thing that Jesus says the Holy Spirit will do for us is he will teach us God's way. He will open up the eyes of our understanding and open up the understanding of our heart, as Ephesians 1 tells us, so that we can begin to know God's way and God's mind and God's thoughts towards us and his purposes for us in this life. And this is really important because Proverbs chapter 14, uh, Proverbs 14, verse 12 says, there is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. There's a way that seems right to us as men in our flesh, but what seems right is the way of death. That's the end. So we desperately need the Holy Spirit to become our teacher, to open up God's written word to our hearts and our minds, and to reveal the things of God to us. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, he tells us, eye has not seen, ear has not heard, 
all the things that God has prepared for those who love him. But they are revealed to us by the Holy Spirit. And so this revelation that the Holy Spirit gives us of God's will for us, of God's purpose towards us, of God's great love for us, we need the Holy Spirit and to hear his voice. We need that kind of comfort, that kind of help, that kind of an advocate with the Father to reveal to us the way of life instead of experiencing a way that seems right to us, but the end is death. That's the second thing the Holy Spirit is very necessary to us. The second reason that we need him so desperately. The third reason I see is in chapter 16. And here Jesus says um, that the Holy Spirit is, uh, I'm just going to read to you beginning in verse 7. But I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. Now the disciples couldn't understand that. Jesus began to say, it's to your advantage that I'm going away. What, Jesus? How could that be to our advantage? We've learned to love you. We've been following you for three, uh, around three years. We've seen your miracles. We experienced your power of healing, of even the resurrection of the dead. How in the world does this seem right? That it's to our advantage that you go away. And Jesus continues to tell them this. For if I do not go away, the helper shall not come to you, but if I go, I will send him to you. So the great advantage of Jesus being here on the earth and then dying for the sin of the world, being resurrected by the power of God and ascending into the heavens is that he then had the authority to send the comforter, the helper, the Holy Spirit, which has his abiding presence and it will come into our hearts and our lives as first corinthians chapter 6 tells us our bodies now become the temple of the holy spirit this wasn't a reality for the disciples their bodies had not become the temple where the holy spirit indwelt jesus was with them but he wasn't in them and that's the great advantage that we now have that the Holy Spirit's presence is now within us, and his voice is heard in our inner man. He speaks to us. He teaches us the way of life. And so it's to our great advantage that Jesus has gone to heaven because he has sent the Comforter, the Holy Spirit. And look in verse 8. And he, when he comes, will convict the world concerning sin, righteousness, and judgment concerning sin because they do not believe in me the sin of unbelief is a probably the greatest sin that hinders god the most in our life if we do not believe then the lord cannot do great things for us it is through faith that we obey him that we please him hebrews 11 tells us that without faith it is impossible to please him. Without faith, it's impossible. We first must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder 
of those who diligently seek him. So he comes first to convict us of faith. And this is our the key that unlocks the door for that entrance of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit to come and dwell into our hearts and our spirits. Jesus said to the church in Laodicea in Revelation chapter 3, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man will open up unto me, I will come in and I will dine with him. And my father and I will come in and we will abide with him. He says also in John 14. And so that abiding presence comes to us through faith. How does faith come to us? In Romans chapter 10, if we just are struggling in our faith, he tells us that faith comes through hearing the word of Christ. It's through the written word and hearing the Holy Spirit speak that word into our hearts that opens up our hearts to believe that he is our reward. If we open up, he will come in with his abiding presence. He will teach us the true way of life. And he will convict us of what is sin in our life. And he will show us not only our sin, but he will show us our, the way of righteousness. He will show us the right way. So he comes as a corrector of our lives. And he shows us what is righteousness and then he brings that into judgment. He doesn't just put it out there and leave us to decide. He has already decided. He has already judged the ruler of this world, Jesus said. And he has already judged what is sin and what is righteousness. And so he brings that truth into our lives through speaking his word to us. And it reveals to us this is sin. This is righteousness, and now there is no neutral ground anymore. We must choose between life and death. Obeying and listening to his voice is the voice of life, eternal life for us. Disregarding that voice, ignoring it, and walking away from it, or shutting our hearts and shutting our ears, as Jesus said they did when he was here to the scribes and Pharisees, that is the choice of death to us. It now becomes a choice of life and death. And this is to our advantage, because if the Holy Spirit would not do this for us, we would go through life believing that it's right, doing what seems right, but at the end, experience death. This is God's love, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that those who believe in him should not perish, but have eternal life, John 3, 16. And so the Holy Spirit coming and giving you and I this instructive truth, the Holy Spirit coming and leading us into all truth. Look at verse 13. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will disclose to you what is to come. He shall glorify me, exalt Jesus in our life. For he shall take of mine and shall disclose it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said, and he takes of mine 
and will disclose it or reveal it to you. This is the work of the Holy Spirit. The third work that I see is that the Holy Spirit not only comes to us to comfort us, to be an advocate with the Father to us, but he does do that. In Romans chapter 8, he also tells us this beautiful thing that the Holy Spirit does with us. In verse 26 of Romans chapter 8, he tells us, and in the same way, the Spirit also helps our weakness. For we do not know how to pray as we should, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. That predestined call on our life to be conformed to the image of Jesus in our inner man, to have the same spirit, be filled with the same spirit as Jesus was, to develop that same, enter into that same relationship with the Father that Jesus had, to be able to express that relationship and live it out on the earth as Jesus did. Share it with others and live it out in our own lives. This can only be done through the help of the Holy Spirit. So first of all, he comes as an abiding presence, John 14. He comes to live with us forever. He comes as a comforter, as an advocate with the Father. He comes speaking, teaching us. Verse chapter 14, uh, verse 26, the helper whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. And then thirdly, I see in chapter 16, verse 7 through verse 15, he comes to convict us of sin, righteousness, and bring it into judgment into our lives so that sin is judged in the merciful presence of the Father, judged by the Holy Spirit, who is our advocate, not our condemner, but he's our advocate. He's our intercessor because he speaks the words of Jesus, and Jesus has become our advocate. John, 1 John chapter 2 says, and if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. That advocacy, the work of that, is experienced, is expressed to us through the Holy Spirit. And we experience it through the help of the Holy Spirit. This is why the Holy Spirit is so necessary in our lives. So my dear brother, sister, my dear friend, if you do not have this relationship with the Father that Jesus made possible, and gave us the advantage by leaving and going to be with the Father and sending the Holy Spirit. Come today. Come 
to the presence of the Father and ask him for the helper to come. Jesus has already invited us. We're not coming as beggars to a closed door, knocking, 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 begging God for his mercy to open up to us. No, Jesus said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. Now, I want you to note something. He spoke this to a church at Laodicea, who he said was lukewarm. Their condition, their spiritual condition and relationship with him, with the Father, was so bad that he wasn't on the inside anymore of the church. He was standing outside, knocking to come in. This is many times our condition through certain circumstances where we yield to sin, maybe in our lives, or we have broken relationships through our own sin, through our own blindness, through our own stupidity, or just simply because circumstances have ensnared us and we yielded and we need that help to be reconciled back to God. Believe. Believe that Jesus is standing at the door of your heart. He is knocking right now. Hear the knock and open up and come to him and to his word and allow the Holy Spirit's presence to come into your body and sanctify it wholly, completely. As Paul said in 1 Thessalonians, that he's praying that the Holy Spirit will sanctify our whole body, soul, and spirit. Sanctify means cleanse it and set it apart for God. And so wherever your condition, wherever you are in your relationship with Jesus Christ, we need this help. I need this help as a preacher of the gospel. I need this help every day of my life, every minute. I need this abiding presence to show me the way of life. Because there is still a way that seems right to me in the small little decisions of life or in the big decisions. There's a way. I have a flesh that desires things, but it will lead me to the way of death. And my only escape, my only hope is to be guided through the voice of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said in John 10, my sheep hear my voice and they follow my call. And I lead them in and out. And that's the way of life for you and I. So I pray that today you would come into the voice and hear the voice of the Holy Spirit and open up the written word called the Bible and ask the Lord to reveal his word to you, the things that God has hidden from those who seek to go their own way. But they're revealed to those who seek him with a true, sincere heart, with a willingness to forsake our own way, our own thoughts, and follow him. God bless you. And I pray that this word will encourage you, comfort you, but also convict you of sin, of righteousness, and bring it into judgment where we can find mercy through repentance from our sin. And then will guide us into all truth the way of eternal life as we live here on the earth. So that when the Lord calls us home, our life is already hid with Christ in God, as he tells us in Colossians chapter 3, 1 through verse 4. 
that our life can be hid with Christ in God. If we seek those things which are above, we set our affection upon things above, not on things on the earth. May the Lord bless you and keep you in his love and guide you through his Holy Spirit as you seek him for your life. Father in heaven, thank you for this word. I pray that you would encourage and comfort. I pray that you would convict. And I pray, Lord Jesus, you would guide us into all truth. Thank you for your work that you do here on the earth in men's hearts. You are active, proactive towards us. You love us so much. You will not stand idly by and allow us to perish. But you're the one who is standing at the door of our hearts and you're knocking, hoping that we'll open up and allow you to come in as Lord, not only as a friend and as a savior, but as Lord and King of Kings, the one who rules over heaven and earth and the one who will rule over our hearts and our spirits and sanctify us, reconcile us back to God. In Jesus' name. Amen.